0: Well, uh, this is the team of members, some members of the team that went to Liberia, um, Brother Baker Smith and Jerry are now here. But this morning, as a team, we want to extend our thanks and appreciation to the entire church for making that trip possible. Your money and your prayer and everything you did to send us to Liberia was so good. And so, as a team, we want to say thanks. To the entire church. May God reach the bless you. Thank you. Will you bow with me in prayer? Father, this morning we come before your presence and we ask you, Lord, to minister to our hearts from your word. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one thing that we know that every year, many young men and women in America sign up for the military. And many of them live on military bases around this nation and in foreign lands. And one thing is sure is that the soldiers that live on those military bases are safe and secure because the military bases are fortified. But the opposite happened on a cold Thursday afternoon, November 5, 2009, when Major Hassan, who had worked with the U.S. military for several years armed himself, opened, fired, killing 13 soldiers and wounding 30 others at the Fort Hood military base in Texas. The attack was quick and unexpected, however, there was an enemy in the midst of the soldiers at Fort Hood that had disguised himself and the soldiers did not know it about it. We as followers of Jesus Christ have a common enemy that is in disguise who have been attacking us, is personally attacking us and will attack us until life comes to an end or until Jesus returns to take us home. Now since we have this war to fight, what should we do? How should we fight this battle and how do we counter attack the enemy before us that is invisible? There is one thing that is sure. The battle against this enemy continues and there is no ceasefire until that enemy is defeated when Christ returned and sent Satan to the bottomless pit of hell. Now the answer to the question, how can we fight the enemy that we cannot see, we found the answer from the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We will read verse 10, 11, 12, and 13. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Therefore take unto you the whole Armour of God that ye May be able to withstand In the evil day and having Done all to stand Here is a General exhortation For us to continue in this Christian warfare It is also an exhortation For us to take courage in the Christian Course Because our lives It's a warfare because we struggle with the calamities of human life. Our Christian religion is also a warfare because we struggle with the opposition. People and evil forces that are against the will of God. We have an enemy to fight. But one good thing is we have a captain that we are fighting for. And another thing is, we have a banner on which we fight this battle. We have an enemy to fight. We have a captain that we are fighting for. And we have banner on which we fight this war. The captain we have to fight for, name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. The enemy that we have to fight is the devil himself. And Jesus Christ has prepared a banner on which those that have put their trust in Him, that are fighting the spiritual war, are going to fight honor. At the same time, we have certain rules by which we fight this war. There are certain rules that govern this battle. We don't just fight any way we want to fight, but we fight under the banner of Jesus Christ and the rules He has set aside for us to fight. Finally, brothers and sisters, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We have an important question that we will have to find answer to this morning. We as believers in Jesus Christ, why are we called or why are we commanded to put on the whole armor of God? We have two answers to the question that we will be looking at this morning from the book of Ephesians. Believers in Jesus Christ are called to put on the whole armor of God because as soldiers of Jesus Christ, we must be strong-hearted because we fight an invisible enemy. Now, that sounds strange. An invisible enemy, enemy that we cannot see, is the enemy that you and I, who have believed in Jesus Christ, are fighting against. We fight against An enemy that is not seen. Now let me go back for us to be able to understand why Paul issued this strong warning. First, we found that in chapter 4 and 5, the apostle had earlier told the believers, he emphasized the conduct of the believers in chapter 4 and 5. Believers are called to put off the old man and put on the new. Believers are called to imitate Christ. Believers are called to meekness. Believers are called to be sober-minded. Believers are called to talk the truth at all times to one another. Believers are called to stop all corrupt communications. In chapter 5, verse 22 to chapter 6, verse 9, the apostles also come to family relationship in Christ. He emphasized that wives must be submissive to their own husbands. Husbands are the law of their wives. Children are to obey their parents. Parents must stop irritating the little ones. Masters or slaves must be obedient to their master. And the masters must treat their slaves or their servants with respect and dignity. Be strong in the Lord. Paul, having laid the foundation by which the believers are to govern themselves to fight this spiritual battle, he came to the point to announce to them that it will not be easy. It is not taking a trip to Liberia on a mission team where we went and ate mangoes and had uh, plums and we ate so many good food. That is not what Paul is describing here. Paul, having laid all this foundation, he told them, Believers, the journey before you will not be easy because the believers will be fighting a stiff spiritual resistance. And that is the enemy of God. Therefore, he issued a warning saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong, therefore, strong for service. Be strong for suffering when they come. Be strong to fight this battle. We should know that our spiritual strength and courage is necessary if we will fight the spiritual war. We, as believers, must know that you and I had no sufficient strength of our own. Our strength comes from God. So, Paul issued this warning and said, Be strong in the Lord. The second reason is, Why should we be strong in the Lord and put on God's armor? This because as soldiers of Jesus Christ, we must be well armed to stand our ground in this fight. We have to be well armed. I want you to note with me in scripture in verse 11. We say put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. We find in our verse that we must put on the armor called the armor of God. The military suit of God. It is not put on the whole armor of Moody Bible Institute. Not the whole armor of any other man in this world but the armor of God. is what we have to put on. The armor is being prepared by our Heavenly Father for all those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. It is called the armor of God. We have no armor of our own that will stand the testing time when Satan is prepared to fight against us. It is only the armor of God. So Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Nothing will keep us standing in this fight except the armor of God. Nothing will help us to stand strong in the Christian faith except the armor of God. Nothing will help us to pass through the gates that Satan has set to track us down in our Christian cause except the armor of God. It is called the armor of God. Now this will lead us to another very important question. The armor is being prepared for the believers. But what should the believers do? We also find that in the verse, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. This leads us to the very important question. Why? But the question that first comes to mind is, how do we put on this whole armor? We know that I'm from Africa, and so many people are preaching some sort of gospel that will make the believer to feel that they have to accept Jesus over over and over and over and over. Is that how we put on God's armor? The answer is no. There are other tendencies that will tell people that we have to get more of the Holy Spirit of God in us. Is that how we put on the armor of God? No. This is what I suggest how we can put on God's armor. By learning God's word. That you will know and understand the word of the living God. By applying the word of God in your life. By trusting in Jesus Christ as your only source, that is the best armor that we all have. Believing that Jesus Christ died for your sin, rose again from the dead, is seated before God, interceding on our behalf, is the mighty armor. That's how we put on God's armor. By believing and submitting to God's word and his authority. Put on God's armor. It's not that we have to go and always accept Jesus over and over to be sure we are filled with Jesus in our palms, in our head, on our shoulder, and everywhere. No, once you accept Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven once and for all. For put on God's armor, learn God's word, understand his word, apply his word to your life, trust in Jesus Christ, believe his word, submit to his word, put on God's armor and believe us. That we must be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then we have a very important question. Put on the whole armor, which leads also to the reason why the verse says that you must be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on God's armor that you and I, as Christians, will be able. To stand against the tricks of Satan, the scheme of the devil, the devices he used. The word against appears six times in verse 11 and verse 12. That word against is a strong word. Stand strong, put on God's armor that you and I as Christians will be able to stand against. Now, when you stand against an individual in a fight, you are not there for bread and butter. When we stand against the enemy, we are not there for jokes. Amen? We are fighting a spiritual battle. Stand against. If you are standing against an opponent, it is not for joke. We have an enemy to fight and the scriptures say we must be able to stand against this enemy. How are we going to be able? Know God's word. Understand God's word. Put your trust in God alone. Apply God to your life. Submit to God's authority and His word. That you must be able to stand against the scheme of the devil. That do you know Satan has so many schemes he uses against those that are following God? One of the things that Satan introduced is false doctrine. It's a scheme he had used all around the world. He had also used the scheme of diluting the word of God that so many people only hear and they want the scripture to suit their taste, diluting the word of God is the scheme of the devil. Satan also blinds the mind of people that they will not understand about God. He brings weaknesses in our lives that we will not live the Christian life put on the whole armor of God. That we must be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This may lead us to another question. Why is it necessary that we be armed by God? Why not go to some of these great military heroes and take from them some armor? We could have gone to Charles Taylor in Liberia. He has so many arms. We could have asked that rebel leader to arm us. He doesn't have the weapon of God. We couldn't go to Adolf of Hitler to arm the believers. He doesn't have the weapon of God. The reason why the believer must be armed by God is only God alone can provide those weapons of war. And those are spiritual weapons that we can use against the spiritual forces of darkness. We have an enemy to fight, and that enemy is in opposition to God and all those who put their trust in God. Another reason why we must be armed by God is God will open our spiritual eyes to see the enemy in the spiritual and be able to fight against that devil. Because you and I cannot see him. He is like a sniper up on the roof of the house. Looking down upon us, he sees you and I day by day. And the only way we can fight that invisible enemy, the snapper on the housetop, is to be armed by God. When Satan shoots at you from the housetop, when you cannot see him in the spiritual, every bullet he rings against you will hit you and put you to the ground. Be armed by God. His weapons are spiritual. And the only way we fight this invisible enemy is to be armed by God who gave us the invisible weapon that used against Satan and his, uh, his demons. The enemy we fight against is found in verse 12. Verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, our wrestle is fist, hand to hand combat. When I came to America, I watched uh, a kind of sport that I Just can't watch, called wrestling. I don't know how to do that. But here are two huge guys who grab each other, and I don't know how cruel that sport is. That's wrestling. To wrestle with someone, you must face-to-face meet that individual and enter the fight. We have an enemy we wrestle with. But I have another news for you. Before you and I can be able to wrestle with the devil, we must first wrestle with God on our knees. Remember what happened to Jacob? Jacob had gone so wild in his life. He had been deceiving. He was a deceitful being. He had been deceiving others, even his own brother. Then the time came that Jacob had to wrestle with God to make Jacob to know that he is just someone that God needs. Before you and I can wrestle with the devil, please, we will wrestle with God first on our daily prayer. Therefore, we take the power from. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, Paul is not describing demonic hierarchies here. His emphasis is on the part of the verse we say, we wrestle not against, Oh, the rulers of the darkness of this world that is the devil. Let me give you a few verses. Someone who is a ruler is someone in charge, and Satan is in charge of the world. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, Satan is called the ruler of the power of the air. In Matthew 12 24, he is described as beyond the which means. Lord of the dwelling or prince of the devil. Satan is the ruler of the darkness of this world that we are fighting against. An invisible enemy. Very strong and powerful. He is powerful. He is wicked. He is crafty. He is cunning. And we can only fight him by the power of the living God. The Allied forces had gone to Iraq and they have all the mighty weapons you can think about. They went against Saddam Hussein and the Republican guys of Iraq could not stand the firepower for the Allied forces. After some time, the Allied forces entered Baghdad, the capital city. But you know what happened? The Republican guys and all the great divisions of the Iraqi army some were over, but many of them Melted away among the civilians. Hit their guns. Took off their military clothes, and they became civilians. After a few months, when the Allies thought they had victory over the Iraqi, another war started in Iraq. An invisible war. Enemies among them that they couldn't see. Roadside bombs. Snap up on the house top. So many attacks on various places coming against the Allied forces. Enemy in disguise. Another war. You and I are fighting a battle that is in the spirit that we cannot see the devil and his demonic forces. It is only the power of God that can help you and I to fight the spiritual war. Verse 13 gave us some duties of the Christian soldier. Now we found that in this passage we have so many military terms. Stand. You don't go to Fort Hood and say stand. You tell them to stand. Rise up. Fight. Hold your ground. That's what Paul is saying here. If you are a soldier of Jesus Christ, we must stand. And we have duties to perform. Verse 13 where we take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand In the evil day in after you have done all to stand Let's look at that word, the evil day In The evil day is not a gathering of the forces against the people of God At the end time, which is called the battle of Armageddon. That's now for, for the same here The evil day is now Look around you, church Read a, new, read a newspaper, listen to the radio and the television. You will see that we are in the last day. So we must be strong to fight. As soldiers of Jesus Christ engaged in the warfare, we are commanded to put on the armor of God. We have to put on the armor, take the armor of God, put it on, stand up the ground in the fight, and withstand the assaults of the devil. We can only do that when we are in Jesus. We must be strong-hearted for the battle is not for babies. I think that's why you have been told to grow up in Christ. The battle before us is not for babies, nor for the slothful soldiers. We must be strong in the Lord. The battle is not for the faint of heart. We must be strong-hearted in the fight against Satan. The battle is not for the slothful soldier. We have to be swift to attack the enemy of God and our enemy and be able to put him to flight. There is no ceasefire in this world, church. Now Paul is not trying to threaten us. He's saying to us what the real thing is. There is no ceasefire. There is no truce in this battle. We have to fight the enemy. Another great thing that is happening to us is, I want to suggest four ways that we can fight this battle. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 6, you will find out that the believers are already seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Now, then why should we come back on earth to fight against this devil when the believers are already being seated with Christ in the heavenly places? You and I have a position in Christ. But do you know why? Satan was defeated on the cross over 2,000 years ago. But the final defeat of the enemy is yet to come. When Jesus Christ will return to this earth one day, and gather all his people with him, and Satan will be erected at last, and Satan will be placed in the pit of hell, where he will never return to fight against us. But as of now... As we live in this physical body, we have an enemy to fight. And he is called the devil. The power of the darkness of this world. So let me give you my four suggestions that I believe are biblical. First, we must be abiding in Christ in order for us to fight this spiritual war. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, abide in me, connection, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So we must abide in Christ. Now the word abide, which we will say abiding, keep abiding in Christ. Don't let today you become hot for God, and you tell God, God, I want to go for recess. Sometimes we tell God, I need a recess in my life. Or I want to go to East Africa to a safari and have some good time. Yes, so God gives me some time for my vacation. We must keep abiding in Christ. And it is not being with Jesus, but abiding in Jesus. Judas Iscariot was with Jesus for three years and a half. But he was not abiding. In Christ. So, believers, for us to fight this battle, we must keep a body in Christ, and there where the strength comes from, keep a body. Secondly, we fight the battle in the name of Jesus. That name is powerful. The verse says, Wherefore, God had also exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the mention of the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow Of things in heaven And things on earth And things under the earth And that every tongue should confess That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of God the Father Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 unto 11 We fight the spiritual battle In the name of Jesus Christ Not in the name of Muhammad He has no power over your life But under Jesus Christ our Savior and Redeemer. We fight the enemy in the name of Jesus. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, David had gone to fight Goliath, and when Goliath sees him coming, he despised David. Then David said to Goliath, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The gods of the army of Israel will defied. We fight the enemy in the name of Jesus. He is afraid of that name because he knows what Jesus did to him on Calvary. In Acts chapter 19, the songs of Sipha, has seen Paul driving out evil spirits from uh, demonically possessed people So they wanted to imitate Paul, and they saw this man, a demon possessed man, and they went to him and they said, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, evil spirit come out of this man. We know the story. The Bible says, The man that was possessed, the evil spirit spoke to them and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know, but who are you? And the end of the story is very good. The demon possessed men grabbed them, beat them up, wounded them, and they fled. The reason is these sons of sinful were not abiding in Christ. And they couldn't use the name of Jesus with efficiency. So we must use the name of Jesus. Tell that we fight the enemy through the word of God because it has divine origin. The word of God is the weapon of our warfare. We use that against the enemy. It has divine origin. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is a private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in all times by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20 and 21. Jesus himself used the scripture against Satan in his temptation. He said, it is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written, it is only God that should be worshipped. Jesus used the word against the enemy. We can fight the battle by the battle in Christ. We can fight the enemy in the name of Jesus. We can fight the enemy using God's word. And lastly, we can fight the enemy on our knees in prayer. Prayer moves any mountain. Prayer breaks every shackles. Prayer uproots every stonehold of the enemy. Prayer. So those four ways, I think, the believers to know that they will be abiding in Christ is they will fight the enemy, the devil. We use God's word, Jesus' name, and in prayer, we conquer our enemy. In verse 14 to 17, we have weapons listed. We have the belt. The belt, the soldiers use the belt to buckle themselves and in the Roman days the soldier the Roman soldier used the belt so that it will be attached to their soul it was very important it is the belt of truth integrity and sincerity it is the belt that we use do you know that Jesus Christ is that only belt that we can use to go against the forces of darkness the truth is revealed in God's word and Jesus Christ is the truth the belt of truth. We also have another weapon that is in verse 14 called the breastplate of righteousness. This is not our own righteousness. It is not how good we are. It is not our effort with the plan, But the righteousness of God being imputed to our account, when we come to Jesus Christ, we use that weapon. Jesus is in us. We are his. And his righteousness is being imputed to your account. Isn't that wonderful? That Jesus Christ, God, on the song, Because you believe in him, you are declared righteous, positionally righteous before God. That's why when God looks at a believer, he just don't look at you anymore as a sinner. But he looks at you because of Jesus' pressure of blood upon your life. The breastplate of righteousness. It is not your effort. It is Jesus' righteousness that we can use against the enemy of God. The military boot that we all need to use is to go and announce the good news of peace. Preparation indicates readiness. We should be prepared to see our duty. We must be prepared to do what God wants us to do. Be prepared to proclaim the gospel of peace. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Everyone who believe. Another weapon. Above all, take the shield of faith. This is not saving faith. You and I are already being saved. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. But this is strong faith. Faith here is the total dependence upon God in this battle. You don't trust God and trust another man to fight the spiritual war. Total dependence on God. To fight the battle upon his presence upon all his power that with god's power you and i can go against this invisible enemy the shield of faith this is the faith that puts god between us and the enemy when we have god and trust in god we will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil another weapon that paul has is the helmet of salvation this is the assurance of our salvation. We, Satan, will tell us that we are not saved, we are not forgiven, but we have that weapon. We are assured that we are saved. Then, last, we have the sower of the Spirit, which is God's word. When the church or the believer is using the stick, or using the culture, or using the tradition, Satan takes stronghold of that individual and in the church. But we must have God's word, as source of our strength that we can use against the enemy. When I was reading through this, I want you to check your Bible carefully before we can close. But I did not see the following weapons. I checked carefully and I could not find the American B-52 jet bomber in what Paul wrote. Check your Bible if you find it there. I check my Bible. I cannot find the Russian AK-47 raffle. It is not there. Know the reason? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The spiritual war is to be fought with spiritual weapons. The spiritual war can only be fought in the spiritual. It is not by might. It is not by power. But by God's spirit. The question that should come to mind is this. What will happen if we fail to pick up the armor of God? Simple answer. You and I will be standing on sinking sand. Satan will attack any time and he will have the victory. Our culture will be the norm. We will not be paying wholly and solely on God. But we must remember, Jesus Christ has conquered him ever since. But he's still fighting. And he hates God and God's people. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able... To stand against the wives of the devil. For you and I have an enemy to fight. We will fight. And there is no ceasefire to this war. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you have armed us. And thank you, Lord, that we have all of these weapons that we can use against our enemy that we cannot see. We pray, Lord, that you help us and give us the courage to go against the forces of darkness because you are the light and when you shine, we will have victory in your name. Amen.